that I and your people have found grace in your sight. How will they know? How will it be known? Exodus 33 verse 16. But wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in your sight? Look at it here. See. Is it not that thou goest with us? So he asked the question and he answered the question. How will it be known that we have found grace with you? That we are walking in your grace. In our own sense, we can say, how will it be known that we are walking in grace? How will it be known that we understand grace? How will it be known that we really believe grace? What is the evidence? Because sometimes in spiritual things, you need evidence, alright? That's why the Bible says, faith is the what? The evidence of things not seen. So how will it be known? What is the evidence? What is the evidence? What is the evidence that you are with us? And he answered the question himself. Is it not that thou goest with us? But look at it from the beginning. Look at it. Look at it from verse 14. I'm sorry. And he said, God, this is God talking now to Moses. And he said, my presence will go with you. What is the result of my presence going with you? And I will give you rest. And he said unto him, if your presence does not go with us, carry us not hence. Don't go with us. Don't go. Don't go. If your presence is not with us. In other words, you, what, what he said here, if you look at it very well, he said, if your presence, uh, God said, I will go with you. My presence will be with you. And I will give you what? Rest. In other words, the evidence of the presence or the evidence of rest is the presence of God. Or the presence of God in your life is the evidence that you are at rest. Or the, the presence of God. I'm sorry. I'm confusing everything. In our own instance, if God is manifestly present in your life, because God is omnipresent, all right, He's everywhere. But everybody is not enjoying His presence manifestly. There's a difference between God being present everywhere, He's omnipresent, and you enjoying His presence manifestly. In other words, He's present with you and is manifesting Himself. So, what is the evidence that God is? manifestly present with you. You are at rest. You will be at rest. If God's presence is with you, you will be at rest. And so what Moses was saying here, you remember now, I've tied the grace of God to the presence of God. And God was saying that if I'm with you, I will go with you. I will go before you. My presence will go before you and I will give you rest. Alright? And Moses said, what is the evidence that we have found grace in you, with you? Is it not that your presence is with us? In other words, is it not that your rest is with us? 
Sometimes you don't need to announce yourself. The presence of God will announce itself with you when you are dressed. Sometimes the rest looks meek. It looks uh, non-threatening. But there's power in the rest of God. If you can just rest in God, knowing that his presence is with you and he goes with you. He declared in his word. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you in my word going out and in your, I mean, your going out and in your word coming in. Are you confident of that? And if you read the book of Matthew, you know, uh, chapter 11, we know, uh, and, and Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 19, we know that as human beings from there, as human beings, we, we, we like being in charge of our life. We like being in total control of our lives. We like being in charge. We like being in control. We like being in the driver's seat. And when we are not in the driver's seat, certain things begin to, we start seeing some evidence. It's very easy to know somebody who is not, in the, who is, I mean, who is losing control, who feels they are losing control. You start seeing the evidence of that. It is not the rest of God. You begin to see worry. You begin to see fear. And those are the coping mechanisms that we use to feel that we are not in control. But you see, for our lives, if you know that your life is in God, God created you. He gave you a life. Then he is supposed to be in control, in total control and in total charge. He should be in charge of your life. He should be in the driver's seat. And that's why sometimes you cannot be in control. You will lose control sometimes. As long as he is in control, you have no problem. One thing I want you to know, a lot of times we, 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 we confront life we confront our situations as if life in itself was your own idea. It's not your idea. Life is God's idea. And if it is God's idea, he has everything to make it work. Everything. He knows everything to make it work. And one of the things that will make life work for us that he has given us is be at rest. Be at rest. Go to sleep. Let God be in control. Let it lose sometimes. Let it go. This evening we are going to pray uh, from, from, our, um, from the study guide that we, we, we have. We are going to pray about some of those things. It, 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 we saw some um, some of the things that hinder you know rest sometimes or some of the evidence that we are not at rest some of the things that are evidences that we are not at rest sometimes we, we show them here number one is worry but the Bible says be careful for nothing be careful for nothing but with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God 
will carry in your heart. And what is worry here? Worry means I am in distress. I am in distress. What does distress, distress mean? Distress means I am in desperate need of something. There's something I'm in desperately, I'm desperately in need of. Then we look at fear. When you lose control or you, are, you feel you're out of control, life is out of control, you begin to be afraid. And fear just means I am in danger. And sometimes the reality is that you are really not in danger. But you feel that pressure of being in danger. I must do something. I'm in danger. I must uh, act. I must confront. I must do uh, uh, something about my problem or doubt, which means I lack confidence in God. But this evening, as we go into prayer, as we go into prayer this evening, I want to take a moment before we stand up now. I want to take a moment. What is that one thing? Look at some of the things in your life. What is that one thing? that hinders you from enjoying the rest of God. What is that one thing? I want you to, to assess yourself. The Bible says examine yourself. Because sometimes when you know what the problem is, you have 50% of the solution. What is that one thing? What is that one thing that normally stands in the gates between you and the rest of God? What is that one thing? Think about it for the next few minutes, few moments, not minutes now, but few moments. Think about it before going to prayer. Think about it. I want you to think about it. What is that one thing? Immediately something begins to go wrong or something looks like it's not right. What is that thing that you respond with immediately? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it doubt? Is it a lack of confidence? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? That's what we're going to start praying about. We'll start our prayer from that, from there. What is that one thing? That stops the evidence of the presence of God in your life. That, stop the, that stops the evidence of the grace of God in your life. What is that one thing? And if you don't have that one thing, if you don't know it, what is that one thing that looks like it? Are we all together? All right, let's stand. Let's stand. You've, you've identified that one thing. Is that? It might be more than one. Sometimes it's worry. I know people who can worry and fear at the same time. As coming this evening, there was something that God put in my heart. One scripture, or scriptures that God put in my heart this evening, and that's what I want us to use as you know this prayer point. To these things that are hindrances, these things that are hindrances to our, uh, to uh, this rest of God that we're talking about. Open with me to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter. Do you know that, that that place that scripture? I can't find it here now. It's not where it says, "And our sufficiency is of Him." Yeah, Second Corinthians. The Bible talks about the sufficiency of God, and Paul also said something. He went ahead and said, "He said uh, the, in three five, right? Yeah. Thank you. I know it's chapter three. Yes, thank you." Look at what Paul said from verse 4. And such trust we have through Christ to God what? Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think of anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. Look at what sufficiency means. Alright? Look at what sufficiency means. If you are looking for competence, God has competence. That's one of the meaning of sufficiency. It means ample. It means to be fit, to be able, content, enough, good, great, large, long, many, meat, much, security, sore, sufficiency, worthy. Anything you think of, God has it in stock for you. And God is not, God is not even saying that, look, I am your sufficiency. In other words, whatever is lacking in your life, I am that thing. Is it fear? You need boldness? God says, I am your boldness. God is not saying, I want you to grab boldness. Now He said, I am your boldness. Anything. He said, I am your sufficiency. He said, and God is our what? Sufficiency. He himself is that sufficiency. He is sufficient for anything. I want you to just begin to confront that thing now that you know and begin to declare the sufficiency of God in that area. Any area. Is it fear? You need boldness. Is it faith? Is it a lack of faith? You are doubtful? God, God is your faith. Is it anything? I want us to just lift up our voices now and just begin to pray. That God, this is one hindrance I have. This is one thing that separates me. This is one thing that separates me from the rest of God. This is one thing that I know that comes between me and